It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards. We recap the Wizards-Pacers game and also preview the Wizards-Sixers matchup on Wednesday before Marcus Matthews, head of social for the undefeated, joins the show as we dive deeper into the rest of the teams around the NBA. Listen to all those details and more right here on Locked On Wizards. Hi, Renee Washington here, and you are tuned into Locked On Wizards. We've got number six versus number nine in the Eastern Conference matchup on Wednesday as the winless Wizards are looking for their first victory in the NBA restart, taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. We talked about this game before as Tony Cotillo was on the show last week, getting into the Sixers a little bit more. Let's take a look at the Wizards. Last time out, the Wizards lost 111 to 100 to the Pacers. TJ Warren, who has been all but unstoppable in the NBA restart, definitely an MVP so far of the restart, dropped another 34 points against the Wizards after scoring 53 on Saturday against the Sixers. Warren had an incredible stat line. We mentioned this on Tuesday in our show. But just to refresh your memory in case you forgot, 34 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, 4 blocks, and 0. Not a single turnover in the entire game. His 87 points so far in the NBA bubble are tied with Jermaine O'Neal for the second most in a two-game span in Pacers history. Only one player, Billy Knight, in 1980 had more, which was 88 points. TJ Warren has been incredible and in back-to-back games versus the Wizards and Pacers. He is showing that he is a true scorer. Malcolm Brogdon also finished with 20.7 rebounds and six assists for the Pacers. And one of the things that we saw for the Wizards in that loss is that their defense needs to be better. We've seen this time and time again. This is no surprise. But playing a top five team in the East, they got exposed at moments. The Pacers actually went on a 20-2 run and a 22-2 run throughout the game. And for the Wizards specifically, there are some areas they need to tighten up on. And Troy Brown Jr. actually touched on it post-game on what the team needs to do better to make sure that they're defensively able to lock down opponents? Um, I would just say more so of the communication side of things. At the end of the day, you know, we're all NBA players, and, you know, they're not running any crazy offense or anything, you know, ridiculous. And so at the end of the day, we just got to communicate and make sure we know when we're switching and, you know, just having each other back is the biggest thing. The biggest thing about the Wizards' defense is it's not just as much what other teams are doing well, but what the Wizards are not doing well. So things like they're talking, rotations, switching, help defense. There are times where the paint looks like the parting of the Red Sea as a player beats their defender off the dribble and there's no one to step in to help and they have an easy lane to the basket. They have to consistently be better at stepping in and helping. Help side defense, hedging, switching on pick and rolls, all these little details that sometimes are, are fine and then sometimes they're just caught a little bit flat. And right now, at this point of the season, without having their three leading scorers in Beal, DB, and Wall, in this moment of opportunity, our, our 
word of the summer, it feels like. You know, it, it's going to be interesting to see who can step up defensively to be a consistent lockdown defender for the Wizards. And as they're coming into this game against the Sixers, playing against All-Stars and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, playing against Tobias Harris, Shake Milton, Al Horford, they're going to have some matchup issues if they're not able to defend properly. And this is another challenge for the Wizards defensively to see how they're going to respond and to see if they're going to be better as a unit in Wednesday's game. Now, Troy Brown Jr. also something that that we saw in their game versus the Pacers, he played the point at times. And head coach Scott Brooks mentioned that since they were down, you know, why not have a different look? You know, they're down 13, 14 points. Why not have a different look with him at the point? His size and ability to run the offense. We see he's a great playmaker. He sees the floor well. He makes some great passes. Very naturally smooth with his passing off the dribble to find an open player. That's something that I think of as a strong point moving forward if he is able to play the point or just be a, a stronger ball handler for them to help them run the offense. When you do bring back your three-wing scores, some of these passes, if, if now they're going to DB, Beal, or Wall, that's a bucket. That's a, that's a game changer right there. And Troy Brown did speak on his role and versatility post-game after the loss to the Pacers. For me, it felt natural. Uh, today I had more turnovers than I wanted to, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel comfortable calling offenses and bringing the ball up. And just initiating the offense and kind of getting us into a flow. Um, we have a tendency of being stagnant sometime in our offense. So um, coming up and being able to kind of initiate the offense and make sure that we're getting into stuff and kind of making sure that we're getting downhill and running plays is, is, is pretty special for me. So I enjoy it. Another area we saw for the Wizards in their loss, just points in the paint. And that's something that when you're playing against the Sixers specifically on Wednesday, Ben Simmons is the first player that comes to mind. They're going to have to find a way to eliminate second chances and defensively grab more rebounds, lock down the paint, and, and really challenge opponents as they're driving to the basket to body up with them, to get in front of them, not foul, and contest them at the rim. And they gave up 62 points to the Pacers in the paint. It was 62 to 44 in the paint. I mean, that's a game changer. You lost by 11. You know, you swing that a little differently, and that number is a little bit lower. Could be a game changer in itself. But playing against the Pacers really was a great eye-opening experience for the Wizards. Their top five defense. So offensively, we saw them get challenged and just forcing them and, and how they contest shots and close out. Isak Vanga, Rui Hachimura combined for just 17 points on the, on the game. We did see Jerome Robinson, 17 points off the bench for him. Shabazz Napier, who did not start, head coach Scott Brooks was talking pregame around his decision to move Napier to a different role coming off the bench. Well, hey, he stepped in, scored 13 points in the first half, only scored three the rest of the game, but finished with 16. And so, you know, I'm interested to see if head coach Scott Brooks changes the starting lineup at all. I don't think that it's enough from this one performance to make a drastic change in the starting lineup and bring him back or to change anybody else. You know, if, if I'm head coach Scott Brooks, I think coming into the Sixers game, I keep the starting lineup as is for the most part. But moving forward to see how he continues to come and step into that role as a sixth man or seventh man off the bench to really step in and, and add some offensive presence for them. For Thomas Bryant, 20 points, 11 rebounds, a double-double. You know, defensively, he definitely has to continue working. Him and Hachimura, two players that off the bat come to mind that need to be better defensively and, and just being able to close out on players and switching on picks. But Thomas Bryant offensively has been finding ways to score and get to the basket. We see him have some very strong moves in the paint, whether it's off of a rebound and getting a pullback, or even just drives to the basket that 
he's able to bring that inside presence and even knocking down shots from the perimeter. Right now, he's consistently uh, offensively being a presence and a threat for the Wizards. So they do take on the Sixers starting 4 p.m. Eastern time. Again, that's a six versus nine matchup. Another chance to see in this challenge how they're going to adjust defensively. Who's the starting lineup going to be? Who's going to step up on the defensive side to help them talk, to help them switch, to help their rotations be cleaner and be better against the Sixers? And also, will the winless Wizards get their first win of the NBA restart? Who will be their first team that they knock off in this bubble season? So a lot to look for as the Wizards take on the Sixers. So now joining me to discuss some other teams around the league from Maryland, the head of social for the undefeated, it's Marcus Matthews, specifically taking a look at the Los Angeles Lakers who just clinched that number one spot in the West. I know you, much like me, have been waiting since March for the return of our favorite sports. And now that they're here, I've got only one thing on my mind, my bookie. It's a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up in one. I love it, you love it, and that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. Well, my bookie has up-to-the-minute odds on all your favorite teams, and with the start of Major League Baseball, there's never been a better time to start playing. With my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your team's chances this year? Well, be sure to check out my bookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows how much you believe in your squad, like betting on them this early in the season. But why stop with baseball? Smart bettors are always looking towards the future. Baseball, basketball, hockey, football. My bookies already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. And there's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. So if you join today, my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 Major League Baseball future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA when you sign up. Remember, at MyBookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, and they pay. So it's MyBOOKIE and enter that promo code LOCKEDONNBA when you sign up. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So now joining me to discuss some other teams around the league from Maryland, the head of social for the undefeated, it's Marcus Matthews. Marcus, welcome to Locked on Wizards, and how are you? I'm good. Appreciate you uh, allowing me to join you tonight. I'm excited to have you here and excited to talk through what you've been seeing from the NBA so far. Now, Marcus, you, like myself, we're Lakers fans, too. Um, Wizards fans also, but Lakers fans as well. And with the Lakers taking on OKC Wednesday night, I'm curious to know your initial thoughts from what you expect in this matchup as OKC has been a sleeper team for some, not for myself, with Chris Paul leading this team to be to exceed a lot of expectations. And then, of course, the Lakers with LeBron James and AD at the helm as they have been preparing for the playoffs, sitting at that number one spot in the West. What are your initial thoughts and expectations for this game for the Thunder Lakers matchup? Well, I mean, it, it really depends on, like, how long we play our starters since we have already clinched the number one seed. 
I know um, I think we have a we have a back to back um, against the uh, Thunder. I forgot who we have after that, but I know this is a back to back. And I yep, know, Thunder um, Rockets. Yeah, and, and I know we're we're planning to play the starters in both in both games. Uh, that's the plan for right now. But it just depends on how long that we play them. Um, you know, OKC is a very scrappy bunch. You know, they they're led by Chris Paul. Billy Donovan was the you know, co-coach of the year. But they are missing, you know, a key a key cog of their offense and Dennis Schrader, who is still out after having the birth of his kid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that from Laker Nation side, that that helps to see that they will be shorthanded. But um, as you saw against, um, I believe they played Denver their last game, and they end up uh, they were winning most of the game, but end up losing that game in overtime. That um, they're a very scrappy, hard fighting bunch, and um, I expect for them to really give us, you know, a big fight. But it just all depends on how many minutes that we decide to play um, LeBron and AD um, going into that game. So, I mean, it, I think it's going to be a, a scrappy game. Um, it's going to be a nationally televised game. I believe that, that one is on ESPN. Um, but, you know, we should be able to win that game. But it just, like I said, it all depends on, you know, what mindset we have and, and, and what minutes we get to the starters. Absolutely, absolutely. And something that you mentioned, the fact that the Lakers have clinched that number one spot in the West, right now they have a different focus for – the remainder of their seeding games. You know, a lot, each team has something different they're playing for. For the Lakers specifically, it's around making sure that you are getting players' minutes to be ready for the playoffs. And I know something right. that people have been talking about is LeBron James deferring a lot to Anthony Davis, deferring a lot to his teammates. And Kendrick Perkins is even saying on the jump earlier this week that he feels like LeBron should be instead coming in, getting his and getting himself going before he gets his teammates going. It's that idea of, like, putting your oxygen mask on others before yourself. LeBron puts his oxygen mask on his teammates first, gets them going, and then can step in. I, as a LeBron fan, feel like LeBron has the ability to turn it on and off. So in these moments, it's more about getting his teammates ready, getting them a rhythm, getting them back into to things. We've seen LeBron at his age doesn't look like he's missed a beat. Actually looks like he came back looking about 10 years younger from the, for the NBA restart. And so I'm interested to know if you feel as though LeBron is doing the right thing by giving his teammates and almost deferring to, especially Anthony Davis, to get them some rhythm heading into the playoffs. Well, I mean, I think, A, since I've been watching this team, you know, since opening night, I feel like, you know, LeBron can get his shot pretty much at any point Mm -hmm. I'm on the floor. But it's all about the kind of the, the, the flow of the offense. And I believe, like, that the, the Lakers' best offensive player is Anthony Davis. And as you saw in the, the Toronto game, that when he didn't get his touches early on, I think he only was, took seven shots on the night. It was two or seven. And you saw how he struggled against the Raptors. And once he doesn't get his touches and gets going early, that offense becomes very stagnant. And he is not really as aggressive, you know, as we need him to be. Um, and as you saw the, the reverse of that against Utah, we were just feeding them early, early, early and often. And he really got in a rhythm and kind of just like, you know, no one on the floor um, to really do anything with him as he ended up finishing with 42 points. And so, like, I think right now the Lakers' big thing is, like, after, you know, coming after the, the break that we had, you know, for, from the coronavirus situation, it's just all about chemistry right now. And it's like they're missing a big piece. Well, they're missing two big pieces. Uh, one with Avery Bradley deciding to sit out. And he is he was, like, a big – a big um, cog defensively for them. And so it's like trying to replace him. And mm-hmm. then also, and also he was in the start lineup. So, so trying to really 
fit that offensive alignment with, with KCP now, you know, taking his spot. And then losing Rondo was another mm-hmm. big um, blow for us because he really helps um, that second unit get really easy buckets. And we, we have not been able to get that so far, you know, out of J.R. Smith, who's still trying to find his legs, and um, Deion Waiters, who, you know, is after, after the big weight loss. And, you know, he really was just starting to really get into the rhythm, you know, of joining the Lakers once, you know, we had that break. And so it's like, you know, it's, it's a lot of team chemistry issues that I don't think we have figured out yet that, that we still need to flow. And I think that's why, like, going back into what you were saying is that, LeBron can get this shot at any point, but we need everybody else to kind of get in a rhythm. Kuzma hasn't really, like, got into a consistent flow uh, yet either. So, um, like, you know, it's, it's, right now, like, after, after locking up the number one seed, it's it's the Lakers are faced with, like, a diff- difficult situation because you still want to kind of rest AD and LeBron for what you hope will be a long um, road in the playoffs. But you still, like, that chemistry, which a lot of teams basically in the bubble right now are still dealing with because – if you if you watch the action, you'll see a team look like John Killers one night and then come back the next game and just like that's not the same team I saw. Exactly. So, so everyone is still really trying to get in the flow of things. And I think um like, you know, just like just LeBron just his his just his intelligence could just help get people much more easier shots. And so we need to kind of keep that going, you know, as as, as in the next two weeks leading up to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. I think that, you know, as you mentioned, it's interesting to me to, to see people saying that LeBron is deferring when, as you mentioned, AD is, is, a, is not a player that's a, a number two in that sense. Him and LeBron play off of each other very well. They both have their own strengths they bring to the floor. You know, having 22 points and AD having 42 points, that's not you deferring in any stretch of the imagination. That's you playing smart, getting the player the, hot, the ball that has a hot hand. You know, and right. especially after seeing the Raptors game as, the, you know, the Lakers when they lost to the Raptors, the shooting struggles and offensive struggles they had, especially Anthony Davis and LeBron, that, you know, the next game, it's by no surprise that they came right out and he found a way to get him involved early and often. But as you mentioned, without having Avery Bradley, without Rajon Rondo, it does change the look of this Lakers team. Those two players specifically were players that in the guard position allowed uh, the Lakers to take some pressure off of LeBron and, and, and him running the offense. Defensively, what Avery Bradley brought, Rajon Rondo was reported to be returning to Orlando within the next few days. Now, of course, he just had surgery July 15, so right. we don't know exactly when he's going to return to the court. But coming back from his injury and working back into things, hopefully in the early part of the playoffs, will be a, a big benefit for the Lakers, especially in terms of depth. He adds another guard. He adds he's a veteran. He's the leader. He's smart. He's experienced. He's a champion. And that's something that if you look at Kyle Kuzma and um, some of the players, even Alex Caruso, that are a little younger and young-minded in the way they play, you see them make some young mistakes. You know, Rondo, right. Danny Green, that's one of the biggest things that they bring to this team. JaVel McGee even, having championship experience, having been in the later stretch of the season and knowing what it takes to be successful at that point, you can't interchange that for any experience in the world so coming up we'll talk more around the nba postseason predictions we've got to get into it here on locked on wizards the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Marcus Matthews, head of social for the undefeated here on Locked On Wizards as we talk through the NBA. Now, Marcus, who's in the finals for you from the East and from the West? Who do you think is going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals? Before we wrap up here, I have to ask. Oh, boy. Let's see. So, million-dollar question. <laughs> for some reason, I just don't think it's going to be Lakers-Clippers for the Western Conference Finals. I, I think the Lakers and Clippers may meet around before the Western Conference Finals, but I still think the Lakers are going to represent the Western Conference. Um, in the East, is for some reason, I just cannot put my money on Milwaukee. It's like they, I feel like in tough games down the stretch, they struggle a lot in the half-court sets. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I think it's a toss-up between um, the Raptors and the Celtics. And I pro- I'm going to say Celtics just because I think just the Raptors not having – that Kawhi factor, even though I, I still think they're a hell of a ball club, but I think having that one player to like go to at the end of games that can really, who's been there before, um, I, 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 I really like Boston and, and what Tatum and, and Brown and if um, Kimball Walker can get back 100% healthy. Um, so I, I, I'll say Lakers Celtics. Wow. Okay. When I tell you I've been saying Lakers Celtics for about seven months now. No, you have. Yes, I have. Really? Yes, I have. I kid you not. I yes, I have literally been saying Celtics Lakers. I swear, as my name is Renee Washington, that I have been (laughs) (laughs) putting money on them just because of what you said. I don't. I'm not completely convinced on the Clippers yet. I actually think the Rockets will benefit the most, especially if PJ Tucker can figure out his shooting. I think the Rockets will benefit the most from bubble ball. And bully ball, as they've been calling it for them, I do think that the Bucks have been showing that they're beatable, and and you can match up with them a little easier than most, um, especially if you're able to to equalize Giannis in some way. And I think that the Raptors have definitely been impressive. I put them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think without a doubt, they've they're going to be a team that's right there competing. But I still think the Celtics, if Kemba Wall can get healthy, if Jason Tatum can keep his hair cut and still play. At that consistent level, he plays that when his hair is cut. Um, you know, I think that the Celtics-Lakers meet up in the finals, and I think the Lakers win it without an asterisk on the season. So, there we go. We didn't even so talk about I, this before. How, how, many games, how, how many games do you, do you think the finals will go? I'm going to say six. I'm going to say six. Just because it's Lakers-Celtics, I'm just going to say seven. Okay. And that's but, the other thing. I'm like, like when's the last win? time we saw Lakers-Celtics in the finals? Uh, and yeah. in honor of Kobe. Kobe, yeah, that, that was 2010, right? Yep. Yeah, I, Kobe, that, and that's the last time we won the champ. Was it? Yeah, the last time we won the champ. 2010 is when they won. 2008 was when the Celtics won. Yeah, I right. think I, like, it's, it's to me, the storybook ending is coming together. It's going to be Lakers-Celtics. And even Anthony Davis was saying the other day after the Lakers win that, you know, he, he still gets chills and they're doing it for Kobe. Like, we, we, we have put that storyline to the – to the back of our minds, but I, I have a feeling that there's something creepily beautiful that's going to be happening at the end of the season with the Lakers-Celtics matchup. So, Marcus, but it's crazy because I feel what you're saying, 
But it's like it's so many sons of Kobe in the league now. So it's like Very you can true. say the same thing for Kawhi. You can say the same thing for Paul George. You can say the same thing for Jason Tatum. But I hope, I hope, I hope it, I hope it shines more so on us. But you know, it is, it is, it is what it is. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it would, it would definitely put a nice bow on like one of the saddest seasons. Like you know, well, what started out as one of the saddest seasons for us, you know, in history. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And 2020 has been a year between David Stern, Kobe Bryant, COVID. It's just been a a year of craziness. And I think it's going to end in a way that's going to be kind of special. So I I definitely see Lakers Celtics. Let me ask you this, though. So do you subscribe to the theory of the asterisks on whoever wins this this championship? No! Okay, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Because honestly, I think you can make the case that if you win a champ, whoever wins the championship, it's, I think this is much harder than it would have been in a regular situation. And I say that because actually, like, once the eight people who are – eight teams who are solidified for the playoffs, it's not that big a difference when it comes to seeding. It's all about matchups. And so, basically, it's no home court advantage. So, that, therefore, the seedings don't really matter after that – once the playoffs start. So, also, you don't really have, you know, those situations where – you know, teams are affected by travel. And exactly. then it's like, you know how in the playoffs, you always have those big games where your bench players step up off the, you know, in, in, in your home games, feeding off the crowd, the energy. You're going to have none of that. So everything is going to be even keel. And it's basically going to be like the best team wins and walks away. So I think you can make an argument that this is, this is actually harder to do than actually it would be a regular season um, playoff situation. That is exactly what I've been preaching. Just saying, you know, at the end of the day, don't say this. Why would this be any easier? It doesn't make sense to say this is easier. You're still playing in the NBA. It's still the best players and teams in the league. Yes, we've seen players opt out, but at, that actually actually makes it hard, as we talk about with Avery Bradley, for instance. You know, for the, for the right. Wizards, of course, not having Bradley Beal. But in terms of playoffs specifically and championships, if you don't have your full team and, and you're not at full strength because players have opted out like an Avery Bradley, that changes a lot. Yeah, and so it, it actually lot. makes it harder. And then you add in the fact that we're, yes, these are adults, they're professionals, they're grown men, but they're still away from their families for, for the next three months. Right. You know, that's a, that's a fact that who knows if that'll play a, a part into it at all, mental health and, and even just not having that balance. Yeah, I was like, not even their family. They they just aren't living a normal just life. Just not living a normal life. So, right. So to be pulled away from your normal routine now, yes, when they're traveling from city to city, like in a normal playoff series, you've got two games away, two games home. You know, you're still on the road. It's still a lot of travel. But you're, as adults, able to come and go, whereas now you're being forced to stay in a bubble. And you can only have so much, so much downtime to be able to go – fishing and, and play games or whatever else, right. play cards, whatever it is, where before it reaches a point where you feel like you hit a wall. So there's right. so many mental barriers, literal physical barriers, yeah. for the fact they're in a bubble, can't just go out and get wings or alleged wings. You know? <laughs> um, not not so alleged, wing. alleged wings. Alleged um, wings. Might not have been chicken wings. Might have been, you know. But, you know, there's so many factors here that I think this actually makes the season harder, not easier. For what people, uh, yeah, I don't believe yeah. it's an asterisk season at all. You know why yeah. people say it's an asterisk season, in my opinion, as someone that's a fan of LeBron James, is because they know there's a high chance LeBron James and the Lakers are going to win, and they're already building in the excuse as to discrediting 
any championship if it is the Lakers. That's what I think. You, you, you may have a point. Haters there. are ready. You, <laughs> you, you, you may have a point there because I haven't heard anyone else say, oh, yeah, well, if, if, if Kawhi ends up getting his third, you know, it's not like, oh, it, or he only did it because it was like, you know, in this bubble format, so forth and so on. I, don't, I just think people really are discounting, like, what the playoffs are and, like, how much – like these teams, especially like if you if you if you if you end up suffering a, a tough road loss, how much you look back to going back to your home court exactly. and feeding off the crowd to be able to lift you and give you the energy and what you need to either get back in the series, tie the series, or win the series, and all all of that's out the window now. And even just being in your in your arena, that's home where you're used right. to your locker room, your floors, your rims. You're, of, of course, the crowd, as you mentioned, but just being in, a, in your home arena makes a right. difference. And then you oh, add yeah. in having your home fans, and a lot of people do feed off of their crowd. Having the pride of playing in front of their fans does help them in those, those lulls right. of the game. But, like, perfect example. Take someone like P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker leads the league in three-pointers from the corner of the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, so, like, now he – he's been so thrown off by the way the court is, the way it's spaced out, that he still has not been able to really consistently knock down which, you, which was a money three-pointer for the Rockets since they've been in the bubble. So just yeah, little things like point. that make a, make a difference. And, you know, people kind of overlook all that type of stuff. I mean, we've even seen players that have stepped out of bounds or just right. didn't know where they were on the floor because when you're so used to having – you know, a typical arena, the fans are sitting on the floor, which kind of sh- lets you know where the barometer is and where out of bounds is. And now it's just all this open space and it's a different layout and you're just not used to it. So, you know, there are some other factors at play here that if anything, as, you, as we talk about, I don't think it's an asterisk for a bad reason. I think it's an asterisk that you won a championship in a historic year when a whole pandemic shut down the world, you still came out champions. Well, Marcus, thank you for joining us here on Locked On Wizards. We'll see if your prediction is correct, or our prediction, I should say, for the <laughs> NBA Finals and Championship. Where can people follow you to keep up with all that you've got going on? Uh, well, on social, um, I'm at Gucciavelli, G-O-O-C-H-A-V-E-L-I. Um, and then also make sure, you know, you follow, you know, what we're doing at The Undefeated uh, on Twitter, uh, at The Undefeated. Um, Instagram, Undefeated ESPN, Facebook, the Undefeated site. So, you know, we're, we're still grinding and, um, you know, following um, all, all of the struggles that, you know, is taking place around, you know, social justice and what's going on in this country. Um, also, you know, what's going on with COVID, you know, how it's affected by the black community as well, things of that nature. So um, lots of stuff, lots of stuff to, to, you know, report on and cover. So, you know, like I said, I, I appreciate you inviting me on, and um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for continuing the work that you're doing on social justice and helping to be a part of change with the undefeated. And I appreciate you taking time to join us here on Locked On Wizards. Not anytime. And for those of you tuning in, be sure to comment on Twitter at Locked On Wizards or at Renee P. Wash, my personal page, with your championship predictions. Who do you have coming out of the East? Who do you have coming out of the West? And do you agree with our Celtics-Lakers matchup in the finals? And as always, be sure to follow and subscribe to Locked on Wizards for our daily content around the Wizards and NBA. I'm your host, Renee Washington. Let's see what happens in our Wednesday matchups here across the league with the Wizards taking on the Sixers and many more games, including the Lakers-Thunder. And I'll see you guys next time. Washington, out.
Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.